0: Welcome to Stop and Talk, a podcast about connection and building a more vibrant region together through creativity, health, and community. This is your host, Grant Oliphant, the CEO of the Conrad Prebys Foundation. Thanks for joining us. On this episode of Stop and Talk, we welcome Felicia Shaw, Executive Director of the San Diego Regional Arts and Culture Coalition, or SDRAC, and a member of the California Advocates for the Arts. For more than three decades, Felicia has advocated for greater funding and support for local arts and artists. In this episode, we will talk about a more robust vision for the arts in the region and the needs of artists in our community, We'll touch on the role of individual artists, why neighborhood arts matter, how arts learning comes into play for the community, and why it's important for our major arts institutions to build connections with new audiences, and why they are. We'll talk about the role of the arts in the future of forging the San Diego we all want to create. Let's dive in. Alicia, welcome. Thanks so much for being here.
1: Thanks for having me. I get to start off fresh with a whole new team of people. That's pretty cool. Yes, yes. I feel really special. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: we feel special that you're here to, um, to do this and to take the time to stop and talk and have this conversation. I want to start differently than I normally do uh, and just dive into what you're most excited about what you're working on right now.
1: Well, you know, this is uh, an interesting time in the arts and culture community. We're coming out of the pandemic and realizing that um, what we left behind isn't coming with us. There really is this new normal that we're trying to define. And, you know, I think half of our sector, when I talk about our sector, I'm talking about individual artists, nonprofit arts and cultural organizations, all those creative workers, they are trying to figure out what next looks like. And that means all of their creative energy is flowing. It's it's on fire. It's, you know, we're firing on all, all pistons, but we don't have all the information that we need. And I think... What's exciting is the opportunity to redefine uh, what we can be here in San Diego and and then across the state and then across the country. I've never lived through anything like this, to be honest. And um, that's exactly what I'm hearing from the artists out there. This is uh, a time when I think artists are are coming into their own like never before. Mm -hmm. They're being seen. Uh, Being recognized and finally seeing a little bit of cash flow their way so they can do some of those projects that have been in their back pockets a long time. And so we're trying to figure out how can we make this real and sustainable, not just a one time thing? How can we uh, ensure that, you know, if we ever go through anything like this again and, you know, they're saying out there, hey, the next one, the big one's coming?
0: Oh, no. uh, That
1: we can kind of uh, make our way out of it uh, a little smoother than we did with the pandemic.
0: So we'll come back in a moment to the platform that you're doing this mm-hmm. through and and, uh, and and all of that. But I'm I'm curious for someone who is listening and isn't quite clear on why individual artist voices matter in San Diego or why this tumult that you're describing mm-hmm. which is both uh, disrupting and mm-hmm. an opportunity mm-hmm. Why it matters for all of San Diego? How do you how do you answer yeah. that question when people look at you yeah. and say, "Hey, Felicia, why should I care?" Wh- about yeah, artists? why should I care?
1: You know, they've been sidelined for so long, which is so strange when you think about it. If you think about opera companies or dance companies or theater companies, we all assume, of course, artists are at the center of it but they're workers. They're hired Mm, hands. It's kind of like when you think about a city and how it grows and you think about the architects uh, behind it. You don't really see them. You see what they do at the end. You know how it makes you feel. But artists matter because without them, we're nothing. Without them working in our schools and teaching our kids and putting artwork on our streets and singing on our corners and playing band at our weddings. I mean, that's the fabric and vitality of our communities. and But we haven't treated them well. We haven't treated them, we've marginalized them for so long. Why they matter now more than ever is be, because of what's happening in our whole economy. They're having a really tough time staying here in San Diego. They're having a real tough time earning enough cash to just pay their way, to put a, a roof over their heads. And they're voting with their feet you know uh many of them are actually leaving our area and so we can't allow that to happen but what's the solution well we have to lift them up and we have to center them in our economies in our businesses in our our our, our total structure and uh, make sure that they are taking care of it, even if it means, you know, subsidies, even if it means coming up with policies and legislations, you know, that hardwires support for artists into the way we, we live. Then we're going to have to do that or we're going to lose them.
0: I'm going to ask this question. I hadn't thought about asking this question, but I... And I ask it as someone who loves the arts, uh, whose organization, the Conrad Prebis Foundations, funds the arts.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you for uh, that. And mm-hmm.
0: who is himself a writer. I know that just up the road from here is the epicenter of a major national conversation about the role of the arts and artists in the context of technology changes that are happening and artificial intelligence. And do you... Do you find it at all difficult to argue to people that the that artists and the arts matter in the same way when we're confronting this technological shift that, that this, Hollywood is striking over right. right now as we speak?
1: Well, they, they think they're going to replace artists. They think that um, this AI can do the same job. But, you know, mm-hmm. b- before we came on, we were talking about uh, comedians in stand-up and, and how they get their material from their lived experiences, um, AI can can uh, respond to what someone else has said and and piece it together, but it cannot be in in the kitchens. It cannot be in the basements. It cannot be in the bedrooms. It cannot have that the realness yeah, yeah. Uh, that that we are seeking and the the innovation. Uh, you know. Uh, Hey, we have filler, you know, ways of technology that can fill in the spaces. And to be honest, some of what we see on television right now sounds and feels like it's been written by, you know, a robot. It's not very good. But when it's really good, we know it and we recognize it. And I bet that came from a real live breathing artist who did something and had a thought that no one else could have ever had. I'm not scared of it. Yeah, great. And I
0: <laughs> I love that answer. And as a human <laughs> I, I, I appreciate that answer. I uh let's step back a moment because I dove right into the into <laughs> the, the heart the of things. Stuff, yeah. Yeah, and I and I and we'll and we'll come back to it. But I I wanted people to get a sense for what it is you're doing because it's you do it with passion and gusto and joy yeah (laughs) and already that's come across in the conversation (laughs) that we've had but let's talk about the platform from which you're doing it Yeah. yeah tell us a little bit about where you are now
1: right well, um where I am now is, is heading up the uh San Diego Arts and Culture Coalition, which is a mouthful. We've gotta get a better name. <laughs> yes. And we're an advocacy organization and it's it's not sexy stuff to tell you the truth. Uh we don't make art. We don't we make art happen. And that 's by galvanizing the arts and culture community, and I 'm talking about again uh, those who actually uh, do the work uh, individual artists, creative workers from the lighting designers and the wig makers and the costume makers uh, to those development directors and people who do boring things in the in the back office uh, we galvanize everybody to talk about our needs to articulate our needs to provide the receipts to say that you know we we make an impact. And then we we try to galvanize support for it, uh, whether it's public or private. And um, I mean, it's good old fashioned, you know, hitting the bricks and going to talk to people who are in positions of power and say, hey, this sounds like an opportunity to create long lasting legislation that will ensure that uh, these kind of benefits continue to support these kinds of people. And here's why. You know, we have the data and the evidence to show that uh, we make an economic impact on on our community, that we bring tourists and we have the receipts for that. Mm. Uh, We have the receipts to say that, you know, artists and their work in classrooms enables kids to learn better. We know that to be true. Uh, we know that artists and the work that they do makes our neighborhoods safer, mm. and we know that it makes our communities more vibrant. We know that it works with you know veterans you know who are returning from traumatic experiences and helping them to get through the worst times of their lives. So we have all that evidence then why is it so hard for to convince anyone that we should be a line item in a budget, whatever budget that is? Uh, to ensure that these artists can continue their work, either individually or embedded in institutions where they can they can also provide those kinds of services. I think it's just because of historic ways that we've looked at the Mm -hmm. arts. It, It looks so easy. (laughs) <laughs> it looks like, and, and, and people yeah, say it all the time, to until it, you try right, and do it, like, right. hey, I could have done that. Well, you didn't. You didn't do that. Um, and so yeah. it's frill uh, to some people. It's like, well, you know, after yeah. we get done with the food and we get Well, this done is with exactly, that, yeah. I, I was actually going to
0: ask you yeah. that question. And why you've already answered it, you know, you've pointed to economic development. You've pointed to the dollars <laughs> coming education. into the community, arts yeah. education, mm-hmm. neighborhood safety and mm-hmm. development. Mm-hmm. But. In a culture where we are so divided along ideological, cultural Mm -hmm. lines Mm -hmm. and where a lot of people want to debate what other people's priorities are Mm -hmm. and will say, sure, but food is more important, (laughs) housing is more important, (laughs) uh, law and order are (laughs) more important, you know, whatever, whatever Whatever an individual's priorities Mm -hmm. would be. How do you help them understand why the arts matter alongside all of that?
1: Oh, uh, we do it through stories.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, we get the person to first begin to talk about uh, their first experience with the arts and how it made them feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get them to, to think about uh, what happens those, those times in our lives. you know you're on the Titanic, and the Titanic is, is you know this is going down and, and what, what do we turn to? We turned to the arts. It, it, and, and, and not in a way that oh, it was nice that they were singing. It was nice that they were dancing. It saves literally saves people's lives. And so it's those stories that we we need more of, and we need people to tell their own story. Um, and we don't need to tell it for them. It's inside of them. And people have had these experiences. And I bet you, if you said, let me let me extract that from you, let me take that from your life, so you know you have no memory of it. Many people would fight to keep it. Because it meant that much to them.
0: People of a certain generation, and I would include myself in this emphatically, remember being taught art class. Oh, field and, trips. Right. Oh, yeah. And doing field trips around <laughs> yeah. the arts. Yeah. And that is so much of that has been taken out of education. Yes. And yet we remember how that helped spark Vividly. thoughts. Yeah. So what why do you think we've lost touch with the importance of that?
1: I don't think we have uh I think um well you know our society right now this this whole uh, a notion of going outside and 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 being away from our our instruments and our our tools that are in our hands uh the, the lived experience of making something with our hands uh I think that's been lost because you have to remember um, you know, so I'm of the generation and you're the generation where mm. we went on field trips. We actually got in a bus and we went. Right, right. right. Uh, but if there's no money for field trips, then no one has that experience. And, and I think that a lot of the kids today, their parents didn't go. Huh. Uh, we're yeah. we're talking about Gen X baby. Mm. Maybe they didn't. And so we may have skipped a whole generation of of people who... Said that that was my lived experience, you know. Right. Th- that is what we did, but this idea of making things—wow! Yeah. Isn't that you know? To put on a play in your backyard and uh, you know, put some cartons together and put a funny hat on and skip around. Who who does that? I have grandchildren, right. and I'm constantly trying to get um, you know their devices out of their hands. But here's the good news. They're doing some really cool things on their devices, <laughs> yes, they are, yeah. and so maybe we need to sh- you know shift our our thinking about what 's happening uh, in the palms of their hands and then do more to try to uh, navigate them away from the the things that are in the palms of their hands into something real and lived. Um, I, don't I suspect th- it's a little bit of both. It's I mean, a little think, bit of both. I the, yeah. yeah. I
0: think there's no question that those tools can be great creativity tools. They can also get in the way right. because they're distraction tools. And right. so much of creativity is about being bored and just taking the time just to think through Just taking
1: the time right? to think through it and letting your mind roam and, and, and seeing what comes out of it. Where I, where I thought you were going was just talking about the sheer cost of being engaged in the arts, it's it's it can be very expensive. Yeah. Uh, when you think about um, the brick and mortar of going someplace, of putting a play on, of bringing musicians right. together to practice, it, uh, it's become increasingly um, ve- cost prohibitive. And I'm not quite sure where that's going, or how we're going to fix that. I do know that It costs the same for a musician uh, to live as it does for a plumber or an electrician or anybody else. Uh, Nobody's giving them a discount Mm -hmm. on their rent, you know, or on their SDG&E bill. It costs the same. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. um, what are we going to do about that?
0: What do you? Well, I'll come back to that in a moment. I want to. I want to. Find out, first of all, in terms of your background, are you an artist yourself?
1: Well, I think we all are. I'm going to say that. <laughs> um, if, if I could lean in any uh, direction uh, like yourself, I, I consider myself a writer. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah. But I don't get a chance to do it. Um, creatively much anymore i'm writing a lot of proposals and <laughs> a <laughs> yeah. lot
0: of white papers i'm, I'm, I'm sorry I guess <laughs> yeah. our, our, our talents get uh diverted later yeah but, life, but,
1: but um you know my roots are um are, are family i grew up yeah. in a, a family where the arts mattered and i was surrounded by good literature and 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 great music from jazz to r&b to classical That's and so great and uh, we went places, we did things, uh we quilted, we gardened, we we did things as yeah. a family. I consider myself really, really privileged in raising my three sons, uh they did the same, you know. We were actively involved in the arts.
0: And then and then the pathway professionally that led you here, mm-hmm. you before you took this current this path, role. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so um, I got out of college, went to Northwestern and great liberal arts degree, which allows you to do anything and came to uh, to San Diego with my then uh, my the man who has become my ex-husband. But he was going to had a chance to play for the San Diego Chargers. So I was an NFL wife, you know, which is is great in a lot of ways, because it affords you the opportunity uh, to do things that don't pay a lot of money. (laughs)
0: <laughs> right, right. So,
1: um so <laughs> I did that, um, you know, interned at the Museum of Contemporary Art uh in La Jolla and um had a lot of great learning experiences until I landed in uh, all places at a local arts agency because I couldn't choose. I mm. couldn't choose one thing. I love theater, I love dance, and um my first passion was working in museums. But where I landed was the Commission for Arts and Culture. Um, because what it allowed me to do was to enable, it was me to enable the arts to happen uh, from a funding standpoint, uh, with dozens and dozens of, of organizations that I had a, got a chance to get to know,
0: yeah.
1: and support with funding. And I, I, I absolutely love philanthropy more than anything.
0: You continued with that. I
1: continued with that and moved on to the San Diego Foundation, a little bit twisty difference, but and running uh, the the arts program there and then ran uh, an organization in St. Louis back in my hometown, Mm -hmm. doing the exact same thing, came back here after COVID, not right before COVID, sorry, and um, helped turn around the Women's Museum Mm -hmm. uh, here in San Diego and but never ever stepped away from advocacy. Uh, that has been a part of my life since the nineteen nineteen eighty nine when SD Rack was born. I stayed engaged with that organization from its beginning. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Do you know the, so the origin yeah, so story of of the SD Rack? not. Let me tell. But you. I also it's didn't a... <laughs>
0: know you were an NFL wife. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was I'm so interesting. The Coriel years, which were, yeah. by the way, the best years. Uh. The best years. <laughs> But um, I love telling the SDRAC uh, origin story. Um, the Arts Commission hadn't been around, I think it was, had only been in existence for one year. And, and you know what they do. They mm-hmm. they take um, uh, hotel motel taxes and turn around and reallocate it to arts and culture organizations in the city. But they hadn't been around for, I think, like a year. And the, the city council and the mayor decided that they were going to find a way to close the budget by shutting down the arts commission they're going to zero it out mm-hmm. uh you know, just you know ceremonially they were just gonna hey, no more arts commission we got four million dollars to deal with now and that should be fine with i don't know where they got that idea i don't know where they thought got the idea that that was going to go over well well the community <laughs> galvanized um uh, in classic arts fashion, dressed up, balloons, clowns, whatever, <laughs> marched down to City Hall, had uh, a conversation. It, it wasn't just the, the theater behind it, of course. Um, we spent a lot of time trying to codify what is it that they we actually do? I mean, because if you think we're out here just putting on plays with funny hats on, that's not it. Mm-hmm. We we really zeroed in on the economic impact and have have stayed there for the most part over the over many years in in explaining if you want a a a big return on your investment from the public dollar you will find it in the arts each and every time not just hits and beds in our hotels but you'll find it in our schools you'll find it in our community in our streets you'll find it everywhere and we we can give you the return on the investment that you're looking for and they believed us and so um They uh, returned the the budget. They haven't tried that again, but uh, we do every year have to fight. We have to continue to tell the story because the players change. Mm -hmm. You know, the mayors change, city council people change. Sometimes we have everybody on our side, and then sometimes, you know, we have one lone person who has to be convinced. Um, And then we we have conversations with our, our state legislators because a lot of the money that we spend here in San Diego trickles down from the state. And then sometimes it trickles down from Washington, D.C. We have to have conversations with those people as well. But um, I love it that that has been our role for all those years is continuing to tell the story, to advocate uh, for arts and culture, public dollars primarily, but also private and then we bring people together. Um,
0: I, I yeah. love I, that story. It's so great. Isn't to it hear great? That. It isn't is, a nice visual? <laughs> well, yeah, it really is. Uh, and and I, you know, I think about where we are now compared to where there you we, were then in nineteen eighty nine. And I, uh, so success in mm-hmm. in get staving off the cuts. Yeah, and what you just said about how the fight has to be rejoined every single every year, year resonates with me because what i you know when i look around this this really is a, a, an impressive arts town it's got some it extraordinary resources yes. available uh, wonderful artists mm-hmm. wonderful institutions mm-hmm. strapped for money all, all from top <laughs> to bottom you know from whether it be balboa park mm-hmm. which is for oh. For one of the country's premier attractions, mm-hmm. stunningly it underfunded, it always ranks high. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and all the way to individual artists. Mm-hmm. Do do the policymakers that you're talking mm-hmm. to today get the importance of the arts? And is there a willingness? Do you think to take on more? Uh, of an active role in supporting the arts? Some of
1: them do. I mean, um, some of them uh, build their platforms around uh, arts and culture. Um, Mm. They know that people who support the arts vote. Mm. They do know that. Mm. They know that people who support support the arts are um, active in the community. They volunteer more. That these are the people who will go tell a friend we're not quiet people. And so um, we're good constituents. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not sitting around wondering what's happening. We're making things happen all the time. So many of them are very, very much attuned to what's happening and have used the arts platform to, uh, to deliver. Mm. Uh, we're talking about, uh, you know, some of our uh, elected officials who've been a part of establishing cultural districts. I mean, from the ground up like in places that have been totally marginalized, like in Southeast San Diego, you know, really recognizing, well, what's a solution for a community that has been overlooked, you know, uh, over the years, historically underfunded well, let's start with the arts. You know, let's 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 get some vibrancy going here. Let's get people walking around the community. Let's get some festivals. Let's let's get uh, people uh, uh staying out late and going to, to, to the restaurants and all those things. They've seen, you know, this the stories and the case studies in other cities where it has worked. And so uh, they lean into the arts for those kinds of solutions. So mm-hmm. some very smart Uh, politicians out there they get us they get us (laughs) well and they
0: have they have a good uh persuader (laughs) they do they do and
1: we don't mind telling them yeah you want solutions here we are
0: (laughs) what do you say to people i have i have been a participant in these conversations for years around how the arts itself as a sector needs to change Mm -hmm. because it can't just be Mm -hmm. about big institutions Mm. and traditional arts anymore. Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that it can't be about those Mm -hmm. and they can be important and Mm -hmm. valued, Mm -hmm. but that it also has to be about, you mentioned neighborhoods and communities that are underfunded Mm -hmm. and getting arts into those places. Mm -hmm. And, Elevating voices that are traditionally neglected. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What do you say to people who, hearing that, say, "Yes, but this is a zero-sum game. There's only <laughs> so much pie to go around, and if you take, if you give part of the pie to these new groups, then, it's going to destroy uh, sure. the old groups."
1: I, I say hogwash. We have more resources than you can imagine. It's it's how we want to put them to work. Hmm. Some institutions are being really, really smart about recognizing how our uh, pain, the public, our patrons are changing, families are changing, and what they're asking of us. They're changing their physical spaces. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll use one example, and, and I'll use the Mingay as an example when they went through their big renovation and how they totally transformed um, the, the the lower level. And so you go into this space where it used to be you know, before you could walk ten feet, somebody's standing there asking for a ticket. You know, you gotta pay. You can't you can't come in here, you know, you don't belong here unless you're gonna pay. Right. And now they say, Well, come on in, look around. This floor is activated, this floor is for you. You will feel so much like you're part of this organization that by the time we ask you. Uh, Would you like to make a donation to continue on to the other floors? You'll be so happy to do that because you feel a sense of of belonging. You feel like you've been properly welcomed, properly engaged before this transaction happened. And so I think this is the shift that Mm. we're seeing in all of our so-called institutions. They're getting it Mm -hmm. about being relevant, about inviting people, giving the proper welcome, letting it not be such a transactional velvet rope type of uh, experience where you're not going to come beyond this door unless you're ready to transact some business. And then we'll talk. They're saying, Hey, we're publicly funded institutions. We're, you know, we're nonprofits, we're community organizations, we're supposed to be here for you. Come on in, let's have a conversation. Let's eat, at least have a cup of coffee before I ask you, <laughs> right, you All know, right. to pay up. Yeah. And so I find that incredibly exciting about this shift. And it's, it's come about not because, well, the organizations feel like they need to survive, because they're finding the light bulb is finally turning on about, you know, what's your role here? What are you here for? Right. Who are you here for?
0: Right. Right. Yeah. They're asking that question of who, asking of who they serve, and I, I love your example of the Mingay because that first floor space really is extraordinary. It is. Extra- it is. It's,
1: it's a model of welcoming yeah. people in and having a uh, building a relationship. Right. Before you ask them to do anything else, and I, I hope that all lobbies uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. will take, <laughs> we'll we'll take, take on that. We'll take that on, <laughs> and
0: have an amazing restaurant, and and, 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 uh, and uh, the yeah. gift shop as and well. And because it's a crafts <laughs> museum, right, they have right. they have a pretty cool. Yeah, I okay. think they this it is out. turning into an advertisement. Okay, we can't <laughs> do that for you, Mingay. We love you. No, it's, uh, yeah, we, it's all right. I think. Um, When we think about, let's come back to individual artists for a second in this equation, because I think one of the roles that large institutions also play is they create platforms for individual artists to find work. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. do you find that there's much of a conversation going on uh, in San Diego about how nonprofits and institutions can all play a role in supporting art?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is this is where I think we have the most opportunity rethinking the the, the whole role of artists in community. You know, working on this uh, one project now uh, that came actually out of the California Arts Council, Um, Governor Newsom had uh, the idea. Kind of going back to the old WPA idea of putting artists to work. Works progress. Yeah, 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 exactly. And invested $60 million in um, this project called California Creative Core, where artists would be deployed in communities to work on some of our most intractable issues. Mm -hmm. I mean, climate change and... Homelessness and issues uh, uh, around, you know, people, what, whatever you could think of. There's an a, an artist who could provide a platform for finding a solution, if if not a solution, a dialogue in the community, so the community could come up with the solution. Mm. And so, uh, the city of San Diego uh, competed for some of that money and got uh, nearly five million dollars. And um, SDRAC, my organization, is helping to implement. Uh, The project um, here in San Diego uh, County and Imperial, and those funds have been distributed and allocated to to sixty. Let's see, how many did we do? Sixty individual artists Mm. who got grants of thirty five thousand apiece. You know what thirty five thousand dollars is for an individual artist? Transformational. Mm -hmm. Now you can hire the babysitter, get a new set of tires you know, get a computer that actually works, right? right? (laughs) And you can go to work every day to create. I mean, I I can't, you know, say enough about the fact that artists are just like us. They have bills to pay. Mm -hmm. And every time they're thinking about, you know, their internet, you know, being shut off or something, they're not creating. So we get $35,000 in their hands and say, now go partner with, this organization over here that's working on climate change solutions and how can you make the issues around climate change more readily understood Mm -hmm. through the arts. And I'm not just talking about a, you know, well, I shouldn't say just talking about a mural. Murals are great, but it, it might be a song. It might be a dance. It might be, I don't know, something dealing with technology, but people understand better when, it's not written in a, a boring pamphlet and right. stuck in your mailbox for free, right? <laughs> it's just like yeah. dance it out, you know. Right. <laughs> Tap it out. <laughs> yeah. So I'm excited about yeah. it's it's called Far South Border North. Right. Yeah.
0: And the Conrad Prebis Foundation, of course, was happy to support that with oh, a I'm major a, with a major y- grant. You know, you that, took
1: us over the hump by being able to pay artists kind of okay yeah, to where yeah. we're paying them really okay. Yeah. Then And it makes a difference yeah. and we, we are so appreciative.
0: Well and we're honored to do it because I think from our perspective in addition to all the other benefits that you've described mm-hmm. individual artists give voice to perspectives that otherwise we might not hear. Otherwise to, we They help hear. us see things that otherwise we might not see. Absolutely. I think your climate change example is a great one that you know clearly all of the science and the data and the and the policy <laughs> has been is important but yeah. but it can't persuade people in the same way as a simple story can or a simple experience can so the public I
1: think, messaging yeah. i think is is so important I can't wait to see uh what they they end up doing uh mm-hmm. we'll we'll um culminate next year with a a big hoo-ha and we'll get to see all everything that they've been working on over the year and just so exciting.
0: Well and one of the ideas that you are challenging which I appreciate and thank you for is that you just are not accepting this idea of the starving artist that that's not okay anymore. It's not okay. (laughs) And arguing yeah and saying uh, that and we had these conversations Mm -hmm. that artists need to be paid Com- well. Yeah, they mm-hmm. need to be paid well mm-hmm. and and be able to live here. Mm-hmm. I do want to come back though to the economic argument for a moment yeah. and acknowledge that some people will say, well, yeah, but for for from an economic perspective, we need we need the stuff that will attract the tourists and make the, <laughs> you know, and and fill the venues. Why do we need the individual artists? From well, an I wonder standpoint. who
1: they think is is uh, creating those those opportunities and those venues. Thank you. And, yes. In every case, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I mean, go ask Disney. You know right. who who's behind the 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 right. innovation and ingenuity? It's it's artists. We're not going to get around this. I don't know why people think that all of a sudden uh, we're going to have the the world that we want to live in without their creativity. Mm-hmm. Everything that we have on from uh, the watches and and uh, the, the the chairs we sit in, it's design, it's 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 everything. It's everything that makes the United States this still incredibly fun place to be in that people still want to move to, and and we still enjoy being here. It's it's artists each and every time. So you know, I, I support the strike. I you know <laughs> they, they, they they need to be paid. Right. Uh, and you know what's a living wage in in San Diego, and what's a living wage in Los Angeles or San Francisco? Well, it, whatever it is in those various places, is what they need every day. Whether they have one or two or three jobs to have a roof over their heads, you know, to be able to eat well, to be able to put their kids through school, just like anyone else, they are just like anyone else. Yeah,
0: the strike is over pay and it's also over artificial intelligence and the it's replacement the, of artists right. Right. and the notion that they can be replaced. I I was talking with a scientist about this recently who said, you know, AI is so good now that it can certainly write the next Marvel movie as Help. effectively as a person can. But here's, here's the thing about that example is it can... It can do something that's formulaic. But what you said mm-hmm, earlier mm-hmm. really resonates. If we are looking for unique human experience and unique human mm-hmm, stories, mm-hmm. for that, you need a unique human. You need somebody who has lived some part Someone of life. Somebody who
1: actually, you know. They fell down the stairs, you know. I mean, they <laughs> right. felt what it felt like, you know, when they tumbled off of 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 the cliff. I mean, the the, the robot can can you know uh, put the the numbers together and say, well, it felt like this, or, but they actually felt fear, or they felt joy, or they they knew what it felt like when that child was born. Um, no, I I don't I don't buy it at all. I I really don't want to sit through two and a half hours of uh, a movie written by A.I. I, I, it would be art. Can you imagine going to stand-up comedy and having uh, a robot tell you jokes for 60 minutes? <laughs> I mean, what you yeah, might get. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine what you might get?
0: <laughs> I, well, I just can't imagine connecting with it on any level because that's so much a human experience, right? And, and,
1: and what we want are the mistakes. Yes, exactly. The mistakes are hilarious. Yeah. Those yeah. things that come out of you know the hecklers, right,
0: right, yeah, the repartee, the repartee, the, right. Yeah. So you have been a uh, a funder of the arts. Yes. you have Most been. Life. Yeah. You have been a recipient? government. You've yeah. been a official. You've been yeah. a recipient. Yeah. So you've been a policymaker. Yes, you've, you've gotten and given money. Mm-hmm. You've uh, advocated for the arts for people. Like me, uh, organizations like ours, the many many philanthropists out in San Diego yeah. what would you what would you want us all to know about supporting <laughs> the arts from all of that experience?
1: Well first of all it's it's a great investment and you'll never give to any entity I mean of course you could give to uh, the American Cancer Society and feel that you're helping to cure people and you should you mm. actually should but what I want, people who are considering supporting the arts uh, in addition to those other things to know is when you give a dollar to an artist you're giving not just to the individual you're giving to a whole community because I guarantee you this artist will take that dollar and spend it 10 different ways. First, he's going to give it to another artist. He's mm. going to give half of it to his buddy because his buddy helped him do something in the past. He's grateful for that. And he's going to hire his buddy to be on his next big project. Mm. He's going to do 10 things for free because now he can. Right. Okay, now he can. He's, he, he got a burger with part of that dollar and now he's going to do something for free. And then he's going to take time to think so far outside of the box that you're not going to understand it, but you might see this thing through that part of that dollar that you gave him that will show up 10 years from now. And he's going to be able to tell you, if he could tell you the story, he's going to trace back that moment when he thought of it. It's when he had the last 10 cents of that dollar. Mm. And he was sitting there and he had a chance to think he had a chance to think and that thinking evolved over the years into this fabulous thing that you're seeing today now this is a long-term investment this dollar has just made but you see all the ways (laughs) that it happened for for this person I can't think of anything that exponentially pays back the way that one dollar will, when you give it to an artist, it is absolutely amazing. And if you set them down, they could tell, they could trace it back for you. Mm-hmm. That's how much they know where their be, where their origins are and where what was the turning point. It was when someone did this for me, and then I turned it around and did it for them. Um, that's why I give to the arts to to, to this day. I give myself personally, out of my, Not just my work, but I give myself. And I don't make a lot of money. <laughs> I'll add that. <laughs> well,
0: I just um I think that's a perfect place to stop. I I foolish- No, not now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just getting started. <laughs> is there well let me ask you this. Is yeah. there anything that you wish I had asked you about?
1: No. I, I just I'm just so grateful, and this is not pandering. I really am grateful for organizations like yours to to ask these questions, to take time to 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 delve into some areas that we haven't had a platform to, for discussion in a very, very long time. We have some wonderful philanthropists here in the community, wonderful f- foundations who have been holding down the fort. But welcome uh, to San Diego. Oh, um, it's you. such a rich place to be we punch above our weight I think in so many ways it's it's just a, a breath of fresh air yeah. to be able to have these conversations I hope you continue well it is it <laughs> is
0: it is for me as well and i i just want to say thank you felicia for taking the time to come in and have this conversation with uh, us and for all the work that you're doing i you convey joy <laughs> And, and I and, have the best and, job in the world, yeah. I
1: know. I, why should I be paid to do this? I shouldn't yeah. be paid. It's too much fun. Uh, well, d-
0: we might edit that out for right, your right, exactly. sake. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody right right to hear <laughs> that. All right. Thank you so much. Thank Appreciate you for
1: having me, yeah. and, and good luck with the rest of the, the series.
0: All right. This conversation had so much that is worth noting. I think it's important to start by acknowledging what Felicia pointed out about the impact of the arts on economic uh, activity in the city, on education and learning. As she said, we have the receipts. We know that the arts make a difference in very practical, material ways. But we went well beyond thinking about the role of the arts in just practical and material ways in this conversation. She pointed out, without artists, uh, we don't have the real fabric or vitality of genuine human community. I loved her notion that that can't be replaced by technology, that robots, for example, don't have lived experience, which was such a great point to make that one of the ways we understand each other and ourselves is by hearing what other people have experienced and connecting it with our own experiences, which no matter how good AI might be or robots might become, it can't be replaced by what an artist can do. She talked about how uh, artists struggle in our community despite all of this value that they bring to the community because obviously they have the same cost of living as others do, and it's extraordinarily high, and yet they are so often treated as the struggling artist who it's okay to shortchange somehow. And our society needs to stop shortchanging artists and value them for the incredible contributions that they make to our culture and to the livability of the community that we're proud to call home. She talked about how in her organization, she doesn't make art, but she makes art happen. And for so many of us, that's precisely the value we can bring to art and to artists, by helping support the arts that feeds our own vitality. Years ago, I was part of an effort that created a saying that the arts bring life to life. And I think that that's what she was talking about so much here. And she talked about how it has to happen everywhere. It has to happen in our major arts institutions, especially as they seek to build new audiences and tap new voices for their art. And it has to happen in our schools, it has to happen in neighborhoods where resources have typically been hard to come by, and it has to happen even on the devices that our kids use to feed their creativity and make sure that's part of what they're creating. I'm so grateful that Felicia stopped and and shared her perspective with us here our region simply would not be vibrant without the expression of artists, whether it is museum shows, community exhibits, or other spaces where arts, the arts make us feel like we belong. And the arts and artists who create work give us something to look forward to, be challenged by, and experience the joy of being part of the human story. I take to heart Felicia's message that it is time for us all to prioritize the arts and individual artists. And I'm grateful that people like her are fighting to make sure that the rest of us are paying attention to this extraordinary work being done in our midst. Thanks for listening. Join us next time and please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast. Stop and Talk is a project of the Conrad Prebis Foundation. It is produced by Crystal Page and Adam Greenfield. It is engineered by Adam Greenfield and recorded in the voice of San Diego Studios. Thanks again.